Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd's show itself at Lockdown Browns, follow back account. DMs are open to all the faithful listeners of Lockdown Browns. We appreciate you all for making Lockdown Browns your first listen day in, day out. Whatever podcast platform you use, make sure you're following, subscribe to the Lockdown Browns podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and written reviews. Of course, Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith is in the house. We're going to sit down. Break down round one, give some thoughts here um, on what – and again, we tried to tell everybody, you know, it was – without the quarterbacks, it was going to make for a better watch, um, uh, you know, because there was a lot of suspense. Um, it wasn't – the draft didn't really go, you know, pick-wise like everybody had planned, which just makes for a better overall watch. Best thing is, had the sucker wrapped and done before 1130. Nice rapid pace to it. Certainly a lot of activity, a ton of trades – more veteran receivers moving. A.J. Brown going to the Eagles. Hollywood Brown leaving the Baltimore Ravens. Now going to play for the Arizona Cardinals. Pete, I uh, just want to get into this here. Um, you know, with uh, Trayvon Walker going one, set up a great position for the Detroit Lions, who had a good night. Um, I think the New York Jets, New York Giants, both in um, the top 10. Jets again later coming back. They had solid nights. Um, we'll get to here, maybe segment two, segment three, but we're certainly going to get to what the uh, folks in the AFC North did. But Pete, your initial thoughts here on round one. Um, yeah, I, I think I liked what the Giants did. Uh, I was, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know what to make of what people were sort of knocking Kayvon Thibodeau about other than, you know, Maybe they, they found his sort of um, personality abrasive, but it all felt sort of contrived that, you know, he was somehow, a, you know, there was some problem with him. He's a really good football player. And, uh, you know, I hope for his sake that, that that's all that is because, you know, he, he could be phenomenal for the Giants. And then they turn around and they add uh, Evan Neal, to the offensive line. They already have Andrew Thomas, who was, you know, a revelation in his second year. Um, this could give them bookend tackles. That could be really, really impressive. Um, you know, they, they want to be able to pass the ball. Uh, you know, they, they've given Daniel Jones, you know, all the help he could hope for in terms of that aspect of it. So I thought they did a nice job. I was – Pleasantly surprised by your New York Jets. Um, <laughs> I thought, you know, taking Sauce Gardner uh, at four was interesting. You know, I, I, I didn't know what to expect with that just because of Robert Sala's history. Uh, but he he's in a division with the Buffalo Bills uh, and the Miami Dolphins, who have all kinds of firepower now. Um, so I, I, I totally understand why you'd want to get a player like Sauce Gardner. Uh, and then, you know, resisting the urge to take, uh, to to take the pass rusher until they trade back up into the first round, I think was smart on their part. Um, I, you know, they get, uh, they took uh, Garrett Wilson, which, uh, you know, I think is is a terrific pick for them. Uh, it, it, all the pressure at this point is on Zach Wilson to take that major step forward. They have. Um, they have the means to protect him 
they have weapons for him, or at least they're trying to add weapons for him. And all at the same time, they're, they're building up this defense. So I, I, I can appreciate what they're doing. Um, my immediate reaction to what the Houston Texans did is Lovey Smith isn't in the plans for that team. Um, <laughs> you know, they, it, it, if you think about like the Bears defenses he coordinated, they never had premier corners. I mean, they, they did have guys like Peanut Tillman, who was a good player, um, and they had some guys that were really effective in that. But they were never like a heavy man coverage team um, that was just like going to put a dude out there and sort of mad dog you for four quarters. Uh, Levy Smith's teams were always on the defensive, built on the defensive line. Um, if they could get pressure and dictate up front, then they could get away with things on the back end. Uh, with maybe less than premier talent. So to me, with the second they take uh, Derek Stingley third overall, my immediate reaction was, uh, I don't know who the coach of the Houston Texans is, but Lovey Smith is entirely a placeholder. Um, and then they obviously at 15, they took a guard, um, which again, the same, same thing. And look, I get it from the standpoint that Houston has, you know, everything as a need, but it just nothing they're doing to me suggests that like this is going to you know do anything that's going to be important as far as Lovey Smith. Maybe he's there another year after this one, but I, I think they are a team with their eyes open looking for another another head coach. Um, so yeah, I mean just just to the top ten, you know that's sort of where the action is. I mean. My, my, I was struck by Trevon Walker uh, with the pick only because when they show the highlights, I, I just had nothing but Deion Jordan vibes because you saw one play where he goes and gets the quarterback. And then they're showing me, you know, him running down a, a running back, you know, 30 yards away or covering the slot kind of, you know, like all the stuff that Deion Jordan was like touted as being able to do. And none of it mattered because he wasn't good at the one thing he was actually drafted to do. And, and Trevon Walker is a very good run defender. Uh, can he become a, you know, a tremendous pass rusher? Can he, can he sort of have a Mario Williams like path um, or, you know, can he reach the level of, you know, miles Garrett? I, I tend to doubt it, but they took the big hack. So maybe it works, but uh you know, it, it, the, the Detroit Lions took exactly one second to hand in the card um, to go get Aiden Hutchinson. And and I think, um, it, let's put it this way, it just wouldn't surprise me if Aiden Hutchinson is, Hutchinson is the far better player um, down the road. Um, for the Lions, I think it played out beautifully because um, you got who many considered the top player in the draft. Obviously, there were others, but Aiden Hutchinson had been driving, you know, been riding maybe the round one way for a while as the guy who was going to go top overall. You get him at two, uh, certainly a little bit of a local flavor to it, uh, you know, as Detroit, you know, tries to, you know, show this city. Um, you know, they played hard last year, just didn't have a lot. Kind of reminded me of the Dolphins a couple of years ago, the year I loved them under Brian Flores before that all went to crap. Um, but you needed more bodies. So you get a player like Aiden Hutchinson comes right in. You know what his role is. You get aggressive and you go up and you get a player like Jamison Williams. Um, certainly, you know, with the opportunity, you know, to open up your passing game, to give more meat, more fierceness to your offense with a player 
like Jamison Williams. Detroit, I think, had a really, really good night for a team that's obviously certainly trying to, you know, get the stench similar to the Browns in the last couple of years, get that 20, 25-year-old stench off of your franchise. Yeah, look, I mean, you 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 have this 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 very divided dynamic right now where you have the haves and the have nots. And if you're in the, if you're in the have nots, um, you've got to sort of find a way to close the gap and, and make meaningful moves. And, and a team like the Lions um, can do that with a player like Aiden Hutchinson. Obviously, they, they got super aggressive going up and getting Jameson Williams uh, with the with the trade with uh, the Minnesota Vikings, which was sort of interesting. I, I did, you know, I, I didn't have a strong reaction to the compensation in that because um, the Lions, you know, maybe the Lions win as a result. They they move all the way up. They get Jamison Williams, and we'll see what happens with him. But then they also end up with 46 pick, which is good. They 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 get to have that second round pick that allows them to keep adding talent and, and keep adding it on a schedule. Um, the Vikings get. A, a couple, you know, obviously they got the the pick that became Lewis Sign or Seen um, from Georgia, who I, I think is a nice player. Um, but they also get a, a couple other second round picks. I mean, it, it sort of the, you know, the the you feel like you felt the um, the Browns influence there uh, with that move. Um, I, I guess I I don't know if I felt like the Lions needed to sort of be in that much of a hurry, but, but I totally understand why they made that move. I'm curious to see where they go from here. Um, if, if Jamison Williams can be that guy that, that they hope he can be, but obviously, um, you know, one of the things that I took away from this uh, night was that there are more teams, not less that should be in the market for Baker Mayfield, which includes the Detroit lions. Um, but I would also add Tennessee in that mix uh, with the move they made um, because, you know, if you're taking sort of what, let's say reload, I don't think they're rebuilding, but I do think they are reloading um, by sending uh, your, your best, your arguably your best offensive player uh, in a trade to the Philadelphia Eagles and then coming back with Traylon Burks. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is not the answer there. Um you know, and he's going to have to play out one more season unless he is willing to basically give up millions and millions of dollars, which I don't think he's going to do. Um, the Titans would have to eat like $28 million or something. It's some, some uh, huge amount of money. And then his salary is his, just his base salary is 29 million and it's guaranteed. Like there's no team that's doing that. Um, but if you're sitting there going, uh, that, you know, we, we don't think Tannehill's the answer. It's really hard to find anyone who sort of fits what the Titans do, maybe more than what B- Baker Mayfield could offer them. Uh, you know, the, the key with that is that I don't think the Titans are, you know, th- there are teams that can sort of take on the money. The Seattle Seahawks could take on the money. Um, the Carolina Panthers could take on the money. I don't think the Titans can. So that would be sort of the hitch there is you'd, you'd be, taking whatever compensation to sort of make up for the fact that they can't like take on um, the full 18.8 million. And there are some other teams. I think Tampa Bay could be in that mix there. And and now obviously all eyes are on that considering that only one quarterback 
went in the first round, which, you know, I believe I had that one. Um, we got the 2013 draft class uh, <laughs> in that regard. That year it was, uh, what's his face? Uh, EJ Manuel, who went 16 overall. Manuel. Yeah. After everybody thought it was going to be either Matt, Matt Barkley or Geno Smith, they both go. This year, Kenny Pickett goes 20th. And Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, and everybody and, and everybody else are sitting there in the second round. So, um, I you know maybe that these teams are you know we we initially came in thinking that oh we'll get through the first round and then maybe Mayfield will get moved. We may have to wait a little bit longer now that day two sort of has all these guys sitting there, but that may have been you know just the fact that these teams didn't take anyone in the first round maybe that the the admitting that maybe that this class just isn't it and that Mayfield may be a better option for some of these teams still the best quarterback available this weekend and still currently obviously the best quarterback available after round one we'll see the way it all plays out we are going to get to the work done by the brethren of the AFC North. We'll come back after that. We will do, I'm sorry, we're going to go to what's on the board here for the Cleveland Browns. We'll come back. Uh, third segment, we will do the work done by the AFC North. Pete Smith with your host, Jeff Lloyd, along for the latest Locked on Browns. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's Insane Protection Program. Shady Ray's includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try. And if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, to get 50% off two or more pairs of Polaroid sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Pete, we look at the way it went down last night, and I think, you know, maybe other than, I'd say, what, Jahan Dotson, I'd say, I think for the most part, as far as what went off the board last night, I think we were all kind of in agreement, and it all kind of felt like these were players that were going to be unattainable for the Cleveland Browns at Selection 44. So now here we are, we're getting into... Uh, obviously we're going to get into here day two later today, Friday rounds two rounds three. We're going to see what Andrew Barry can get done. But I think for the most part, this ended up being, I would say pretty favorable for the way uh, round one shook out for the Browns. Um, as far as what is left on the board, as far as what are the Browns biggest needs um, you open it up here. You take a look at what is available on the board, offensive side of the ball here. You still got wide receivers like Christian Watson. You still have, Wide receivers like Alec Pierce, George Pickens, you know, if they're interested in Mechie or Sky Moore, I know there's a ton of Sky Moore fans for the Browns. On the defensive side of the ball, Andrew Booth, not drafted from Clemson, not saying the Browns necessarily are going to run to the cornerback position, but a solid player. Edge position, uh, Ebikidi uh, out of Penn State. Um, you know, where were David jo- uh, Jabo land? Drake Jackson, obviously for you, for me, we feel a really very, very popular 
uh, name that could be called at 44. You look at the defensive tackle position, Travis Jones, a player that you and I both love. Not sure the Browns are going to go that route. Still available, um, ranked anywhere, you know, probably from 40, 50 on a lot of boards. Still available here. Safety position, never one to cross out. Jaquan Brisker still available. Petrie still available. Nick Cross still available. So how did, in your opinion, Pete, how did this work out for Andrew and Barry, Andrew Barry and company as basically ready to don the hard hats and get going here uh, in round two? Um, I think it went okay. I mean, uh, I think they have to be pleasantly surprised that fewer wide receivers went than, than was expected. I think the Jahan Dotson pick or uh, yeah, was uh, a pleasant surprise in some ways, uh, you know, I, you know, we, that was a guy that was being talked about as a possibility for 44. So if, if you liked, let's say you liked Pickens better than, than Dotson, or you like Sky more better than Dotson, or you like Watson, Watson better than Dotson, then that is an, a, a situation where somebody is being pushed down the board that helps you. So that part of it is, is, is worthwhile. Um, there was some, at least talk that maybe Logan Hall might, sneak into the first round. Uh, he's still sitting there. You mentioned Travis Jones. Uh, so I think the Browns are in a pretty good spot. And, and the fact of the matter is, you know, we'll see how it goes, but they, the Browns may, may be sitting there feeling pretty good about the possibility of trading back, um, trading down a few spots or, or a handful of spots to try to gain some extra assets. Um, the, if if they have a bunch of players they like there, I don't think they're going to hesitate. Now, the one thing that has stood out so far about this draft is not a single asset from 2023 has been moved. Um, obviously, some trades that happened before the draft did that, um, you know, but in terms of actual draft compensation, every pick has been involved uh, with this. This so far has been from this year. Um, that stands out. That's notable. Um, it seems like teams don't want to give up assets for next year, which um, I, I, I'm not terribly surprised by. So that's something to keep an eye on. But I, I think the Browns should be in, in pretty good shape. I mean, look, you you cannot have predicted that Cole Strange was going to be a first-round pick. Um, <laughs> so and, and, I, 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 I just said – I sat there and I, I'm like, you know, because I, I saw it, obviously, you know, guys, I, you know, I'm following you know, leaked picks on Twitter and I literally saw it and I was just like, and usually when you're doing this, you know, you, you, you're following these accounts, you have them there. So you're making sure, you know, it's that guy, but I had to go then back into the actual bio and make sure this was legitimately the reporter. I thought it was, it wasn't somebody with some stupid account. And I was like, are you kidding me? Cole Strange in round one? Yeah, it, it, it's weird because it's not the first time the Patriots have done this. Like, this is Logan Mankins all over again. And, and Logan Mankins was a yep. really good player for them. Uh, Logan Mankins. Which Cole Strange most likely will be. <laughs> like, I I, I want to say uh, Logan Mankins was old um, coming out, but obviously from Fresno State, uh, you know, small school, Chattanooga. This is the 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 first first round pick in Chattanooga's history. I think it's it would have been the first second round pick in Chattanooga's history. Their their highest pick, I believe, is still To, uh, who's in the third round. Um, so look, like I said, you you get some weird picks. Like you, you maybe uh, certainly Cole Strange 
you, you can say maybe Jahan Dotson's in that in that group. Um, and you have two quarterbacks still sitting there. Now, I'll, I think the best case scenario would have been that, you know, the you know, basically six quarterbacks go in the first round. But the fact that they're still sitting here in round two and so are a lot of the players the Browns like could work out for them, whether that is teams that are just sitting there selecting them. Uh, I think the Seahawks pick twice before the Browns do, for example. Um, 40 and 41. Or somebody moves up, but that the fact that those those that position could potentially you know jump on a few grenades to to prevent the Browns from losing guys that they're really interested in works out for them. So I think the Browns are in a pretty good spot. Um, you know, it, it, like if the Browns are indeed a team that values um, big school, you know, power five schools over smaller schools then the NFL draft did them a lot of favors in that regard. A lot of smaller school guys went earlier than, than, than uh, I don't know about expected just went early. And then obviously we saw a run on old guys at the end of the draft with, uh, or at the end of first round with Devonte Wyatt, Cole strange and uh, Devin Lloyd. Jermaine Johnson. Which I, I, Jermaine I Johnson too. Yeah. Which none of which I, I can imagine the Browns were really in on. So again, I, I think a lot of this works out if you're a team that, that like the Browns who, who focuses on the value of uh, age, I think things have worked out well for them. Um, you know, if I'm honest, I'm rooting for somebody else to take George Pickens. He scares the crap out of me. I get it. I get why people <laughs> like the talent. Um but yeah, I mean, look, they're in a good spot. They could theoretically want to move up and, and go get their guy at this point. Um, but but again, I, I'm kind of inclined to think that they're going to sit tight or maybe move back. Um, both years, uh, I mean, the Browns have, have moved back in, on day two of the draft twice um, with Andrew Barry. Uh, they, they've obviously, they moved up last year. Um so they're not afraid to trade at this part of the draft. It's just a question of which way they're going to go and and how they're going to do it. But I think trading down probably makes more sense than trading up. But, hey, if they like a guy, go get him. All right. Well, let's play that scenario, Pete. Obviously, we saw it last year with Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. Uh, Browns couldn't afford to be patient anymore. They saw a player they thought they absolutely needed to have. And as everyone agrees, that one is paid off in spades. Is there a player tonight? Obviously, 12 picks will go off the 11 picks will go off the board before the Browns pick at 44 overall. Is there a player that you feel is appealing enough that maybe the Browns have to go North and go get? I don't think so. Um, I am not in love with any of these guys. Like I I like Drake Jackson. Don't get me wrong, but I'm almost of the opinion that he may be a guy that Browns feel like they can move back a little bit um, to get like, Guys who stand out right now are like David Ajabo. You know, do I would I trade up to go get a guy who's not going to play this year? No, I, I, I don't think I, I would take Ajabo at forty four if I'm the Browns, simply because, you know, you're taking a pretty big gamble on a guy who can't help you right now. Um, I, I think as much as the Browns can can be feel pretty good about being able to take the best player available, I still think they want the best player available who can play. Um, and contribute because mm-hmm. they, you know, Andrew and Andrew Barry sort of hinted at this that like talking about it, taking up a year on the rookie contract. I don't know if he loves that idea either. So 
you know, if you're looking at this and you're going, who, who do I feel like I need to go up and get? I, I just don't think there's anybody like I could see where somebody goes, Hey, they really need a nose tackle. And Travis Jones fits that. I, I understand why you, you would, you would think, Oh, they should make that move. But I, I'm just not one. I don't think they value the position like that. And two, I don't think a rookie is going to step in and be that difference maker that they they need him to be. So I, I just, I think they sit tight and, and potentially move back. I think the draft, like I said, I think the draft has gone well for them. I don't think they, they feel like they have to do anything. Um, could they do something crazy like, you know, take an Andrew Booth maybe, but I, I, one, I don't think he warrants the pick and, and anything like that. So do they love sky more enough to go get him? Maybe. Uh, do they, do they love Logan Hall enough to go get him? Maybe, but I, I think there's just enough depth at these positions and, and the draft in general in this area of the draft where they can sort of be patient and let the board come to them and just, and just play it that way. Um, yeah. The thing with David Ajabo, as much as the appeal is there, look, this is, I mean, the Browns, what you told everybody with Deshaun Watson is, is, you know, after 2020 in 2021, you expected to go to the playoffs again. And the move you made for Amari Cooper, the move you made for Deshaun Watson, you're telling your fan base, we expect to be in the playoffs. We expect to go deep in the playoffs. And with no first-round pick um, and still the uncertainty of Miles Garrett, if they made a selection of David Ajabo, it would maybe tell you that you probably feel pretty confident that Jadavian Clowney is going to return to the Browns. Um, but, you know, your, your only pick in the top 77, and you get a player that, you know, 98% most likely – is not going to take a snap for you as a rookie. And David Ajabo still needed some refinement. There's no question about that. Refinement he is not going to get. Um, it's appealing, but it, it, it would not make sense in any way whatsoever. We are going to get to the work done by the AFC North um, Baltimore, some addition, baby, and some subtraction. Um, obviously, we'll talk about what the Steelers did. Um, you, the Bengals maybe had their picks sniped by the Ravens. We'll get to that. Pete Smith along, your latest Locked on Browns. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags. Throw them in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they are healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. And it's easy. All you have to do is go to built.com and order now. All built bars and puffs are covered in 100% real chocolates. That means with built bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Have you tried the built puffs yet? We are going crazy for the puffs. They come in crazy favors like banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories. Sign me up. If that's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try the mix box. The mix box comes with 12 flavors of bars and puffs. Built Bar makes sure that there is something for everyone. My favorite flavor, I still like the mint brownie. It tastes like the Girl Scout cookie. Delicious. Most of the bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com to get all your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. 
Check them out at built.com. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Pete, now we continue here. And, you know, the Ravens were first on the clock last night. Um, they end up scenario, Kyle, uh, Kyle Hamilton falls into their lap. We talked about the fact that maybe they needed a secondary play. We were happy they didn't go edge. Uh, they trade back into the first round, bring in center Tyler Lindenbaum out of Iowa. But most importantly, and Pete, we've talked about this for years with the Ravens, not knowing exactly what they need or what they like to pair with Lamar Jackson at the wide receiver room. Hollywood Brown, something that actually had panned out for them a little bit. Hollywood Brown moved um, for pick 23 to the Arizona Cardinals. Ravens then obviously traded back, acquired Lindenbaum. So, yes, you bring in a center. Yes, you bring in a safety. Um, and we think Rashad Bateman is probably the wide receiver, one of the future in Baltimore. Um, but you do lose a player and a significant player in Hollywood Brown. Yeah, um, that was, you know, that was the most interesting storyline of this whole thing. Uh, Marquise Brown asks to be traded, ultimately gets traded. Um, he's in Makes Arizona. You wonder already. where Lamar Jackson's future is in Baltimore, but go ahead. But I mean, he's in Arizona already, and Lamar Jackson had seemingly, based on his tweets, had no idea any of this was happening. Um, so, I, you know, how much of this, you know, given sort of the know the the discourse between the two sides about a contract is this just another sort of issue that piles on and and eventually sees him leave or is this just sort of like you know quarterback just disappointed to see his teammate go whatever um that's interesting and and i don't have a good answer for that i mean the ravens struggled to recruit free agents last year at, at the receiver position um now hollywood brown wants out so what does this mean i that's sort of the question you're coming out of this with. But in terms of what the Ravens actually did, um, they everybody believed that they were taking Jordan Davis or wanted Jordan Davis, including the Philadelphia Eagles, who traded up to ensure that they got him. Um, they have to settle, quote unquote, for uh, Kyle Hamilton, who, you know, is 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 arguably the best safety in this class um, and has franchise capability to be like an all pro uh, at that position. And they had already just gone out and signed Marcus Williams. So they went from, you know, having a position that was sort of hurt by attrition and injury to having, you know, basically a dream scenario safety. And they still have Chuck Clark, who's a pretty good player, but um, I don't know what happens with him. Um, he He's a, a box safety nominally. Maybe they're content to keep him. His contract's not too bad. Uh, and they just go three safeties with all those guys. Uh, I don't know. But that's an embarrassment of riches to be sure. Maybe they, they trade Chuck Clark. I, I could easily see um, – the Giants being interested in him, given that Wink Martindale is now their defensive coordinator. Uh, I think a lot of this will depend on what Mike McDonald wants to do defensively. He may be content to have all kinds of safeties, uh, and, and maybe some of that mitigates their issues at linebacker. Uh, but that's you know 
it's it's just a, a strong pick that sort of fits what the Ravens want to be defensively. Um, they come back and they get Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, it, just those two picks coming out of the college season and, and you know just get getting into the off season. Uh, those two were consistently lit, lit, you know guys ranked in the top ten coming out. Um, since the draft process has played out, they've been you know dinged and everything throughout uh that has dropped them a bit but they're still you know it's not difficult to see a situation where these are both top 15 players from this draft class um linderbaum is you know he's he's athletic he's tough he's he's really technically sound um he he gives the ravens a guy that helps them get back to that team that set the rushing record uh for a season um, combined with the Ronnie Stanley news that seems to be good health-wise, uh, their offensive line gets substantially upgraded, um, and, and people knocked him for having short arms and being a little bit undersized. Uh, but he's arguably better than, at least arguably better as a prospect coming out than Creed Humphrey was. And Creed Humphrey went all the way to the second round uh, to be selected by the Kansas City Chiefs and then was a all-pro as a rookie. Um, it's a weird commentary on how teams value center or more importantly, don't. Uh, But I think he's Linderbaum lets the Ravens be the Ravens. And I think that's the case for both picks. So, I mean, that's, that's a pretty strong uh, first date, all the weirdness aside. And obviously that has to get worked out, but just in terms of who do they add and what do they allow them to do? Um, the Ravens have to be pretty happy with with what they did, even if they would have maybe preferred Jordan Davis uh, to to you know replace you know be one big fat guy who replaces older fat guys that they had previously. <laughs> Pete, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers here. We you know I, we felt confident there was going to be a quarterback. Um, obviously, you know there was a lot of talk about Malik Willis and their infatuation for him. Um, I think the Steelers ended up in a pretty enviable position because they were the one team obviously to address quarterback here in round one didn't have to move to do that so that obviously for them it worked out well so pick 20 falls into their lap they have the situation of taking whatever quarterback they want as only one went um they opt to not go for you know the upside of a Malik Willis they go for obviously somebody probably very well known in the building right across the street at University of Pitt New Jersey product very local to me um Kenny Pickett goes as the only quarterback in round one 20 overall to the Pittsburgh Steelers um you know they you know yes Kenny Pickett's about to be 24 years old um with a quarterback that probably doesn't mean as much as it does some other positions uh but for the Steelers the Ben Roethlisberger era is over, and now we are going to start at the beginning of the Kenny Pickett era for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm still surprised they did it. Um, I, I, I Look, I, I understand why you wouldn't take Malik Willis. If you're just saying that he's too far away, he's just too raw, um, we don't think he can get there, I, I understand. Um, having said that, I don't know what Kenny Pickett really gets you. Um I, I I'm not sure how Kenny Pickett sort of gets you beyond being the worst team in the division. And that's not because Kenny Pickett's necessarily a bad player. I think he's fine. The problem is fine is not 
going to get you very far into the division with Joe Burrow, uh, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, the com- com- comps I've seen for him include on the NFL Network, it was Matthew Hasselbeck. Uh, Lance Zerline, it was peak Andy Dalton. Um, you know, it, it's just that the Steelers have to do their own thing. They're, they've got to approach this the way they want to do it. But I'm just not sure what that does. I, I, I'm curious to see, again, this may be dictated by the, the early part of the second round. Um, if the other quarterbacks go off the board, if, if both Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter go off the board quickly, um, then maybe that sort of validates the choice. If somehow, some way, those guys are still sitting there and the Steelers are up on the set, uh, you know, in the second round, that's where I, where I start to wonder if they immediately have a little bit of buyer's remorse. Um, but we'll see. I, I think it's also a little bit strange with the Mitch Trubisky element of this. However, uh, Trubisky's contract is structured in a way that he basically gets paid a lot. You know, he gets paid like a starter if he's a starter. He gets paid like a backup if he's a backup. So um, they have at least contractually set this up so that Kenny Pickett can come in and win that job and, and start right away, which um, which obviously is probably the best case scenario for the Steelers. Um, I, I don't know how much he would benefit from sort of sitting behind a guy like Mitch Trubisky, but we'll see. I, I you know, again, I, I, I think Kenny Pickett is okay. Um, I, I think if you're the Browns, the Steelers and the Bengals, you're probably uh, the Browns, the Ravens and the Bengals, you're probably sitting there going, okay, but we're not scared of Kenny Pickett. Um, so I don't know how much they really move the ball in terms of improving themselves. Uh, look, I mean, you, you got younger at the position. You got a guy who obviously had a ton of collegiate experience. You've got a guy who's familiar with the area, comfortable with the area. Um, you know, that all being said, um, you know, is he better than Deshaun Watson? No. Is he going to be better than Lamar Jackson? No. Is he going to be better than Joe Burrow? No. So that's where you're at if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Closing it out for the AFC North, 31 overall, Pete. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, maybe they got swiped by um, you know Baltimore taking Tyler Lindenbaum. Who knows? Maybe they didn't. Um, but you get a nice, versatile player. Um, and we saw this defense shine in the playoffs in playing smart football, um, keeping things in front of them. Um, and making games close where the Bengals were able to rally late and pull off victories. A player like Dax Hill comes in here, can do a bunch of things for them. Um, there's some rumblings. Maybe they might try him at cornerback. Who knows? We'll see all how that works out. But you get a nice piece here in that secondary in Daxton Hill. Yeah. Um, you know, Daxton Hill may be a man without a true position, which is a little bit risky, but he's also really versatile uh, in terms of what the, the amount of things he might be able to do. He could play – Slot corner, slot safety, uh, deep safety, and and as you mentioned, some teams, I don't know if the Bengals are one of them, um, have even considered him as a potential outside corner. Uh, if you're the Bengals, I, like I really like this pick for the Bengals, and I, and I and I probably more than I should, but I like their defensive coordinator, Lou Amarano or whatever his name is. I thought he did a really good job last year with not up upper tier talent in certain positions in, in the defensive back room. Uh, if they like, I, my initial read on this, like if you're 
projecting this and you're sort of like, oh, he's going to start at safety next to Jesse Bates. I'm not so sure that's the case. He's undersized and he would be playing strong, which might be a little bit dicey uh, early on. They've got Von Bell, who's on a reasonable deal. They can keep him Mm -hmm. and they can sort of do what the Browns were doing with three safeties. Or they can just make uh, Daxton Hill sort of a joker where they basically say, we want you to cover that guy. Uh, they still have Mike Hilton, who's a pretty good slot slot corner. So, who and and Mike Hilton's obviously a really accomplished blitzer. Daxton Hill could, you know, with his speed, can also blitz. So you get just sort of this, what amounts to be sort of a defensive weapon on a team that was pretty good defensively. Now, I, I'll be the first to say that the Bengals got a lot of good fortune last year in their playoff run. Like things broke the right way a lot for them. But nevertheless, you have a guy in Jesse Bates. You have, uh, you know, a guy in Cheeto Awuzie who's playing, who played pretty good football. You have a guy in Daxton Hill who can now be sort of a weapon in that. And Von Bell was fine. And then, you know, Eli Apple also exists. Do the do the Bengals look at this <laughs> and they say? Do they say that? You know, do they like Daxton Hill enough to try to? take reps away from Eli Apple, I guess maybe, and maybe there's situations where he might be able to do it, like near the goal line, for example, perhaps. I, I don't know. That, that But that's sort of the thing is like you, you get this player and um, you don't have an obvious answer for where to put him, which is bad in some ways, but is also sort of an opportunity. I think uh, the Von Bell is probably going to be gone after 2022, and then Daxton Hill will probably move into that other safety role. Maybe they, maybe it takes another year after that. Um, but uh, like I said, I like the pick. I think it's interesting. Um, it's a it's a, a weapon for them in a division which has the capability to do a whole lot more passing uh, than you know with with the, the, some of the receivers the Browns have. Obviously, Deshaun Watson. They have. Um, the Steelers with a number of receivers, but, but this to me is a move that suggests they are looking at the bigger picture, uh, looking at what happens in the postseason. Uh, yeah, so interesting work all the way around. Obviously Andrew Barry and company going to get to work here on day two. Uh, we covered round one. We covered the draft board as far as what is left for when the Browns do get to work here tonight in round two. And of course, you know, we scouted the AFC North, everything they all did in the first round, Pete Smith, Browns Digest, SI.com. Make sure you're checking out all the work over there. Pete and the team busting their butts here during a busy week that is always in draft uh, draft week. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Make sure you're following me at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd to show itself at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. Appreciate everyone who makes Locked On Browns their first listen day in, day out. Day two coming for your Browns. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, 